This is What You Ask For podcast. Five shows, four social media, three hosts, two contact modes, one podcast. Welcome to the Ask For Universe. This is part three of a two-part episode. <laughs> well, it was meant to be a part two, but... Well, you heard how that went. <laughs> so this is really... Uh, I guess it's part 2.5? Part 2.2? Part two. I'm calling it part three, but yeah, yeah it's a redo <laughs> of a previous episode. If you don't know what we're talking about, then listen to it. The What You Ask For, Episode 2, Misadventures with a Twist. (laughs) But I am your curator, C.M. Morrison, and we're continuing our conversation with co-host of the What You Ask For regular show, Daniela. Hi, Daniela. Hi, how's it going? Welcome back. You can't (laughs) get enough of us. I know. We've uh, been lucky to have you all week during our What You Ask For marathon week, and this concludes it. This caps it off, and then we will just produce shows as we <laughs> usually do, which is somewhat sporadic. Anyway, but that's not what we're talking about today. We are continuing a conversation we started in episode one. Yes. Where you're sharing about your life experiences post-nursing career. So yes. just to recap, uh, you've had a you had a 10-year pretty much on the dot 10 year nursing career yep and just prior to it ending something happens which changes your life up until this point yes um do you want me to just go into it eh yeah, however <laughs> you want to do it um yeah well the last year that i was working i ended up getting sick well i had already been sick but i just didn't realize i was actually sick at the time i just thought that i was overworked and you know living life too much. <laughs> but um, I, after a lot of doctor's visits and specialist visits and things like that, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition called Hashimoto's, which affects your thyroid. And um, so this causes things like fatigue, um, hair loss, which I'd already lost most of my hair by this stage, by the time of diagnosis. It took two years to get it, to get a proper um, in stone diagnosis. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, it causes brain fog and just all these awful pains and messes with your metabolism. And there's a lot of symptoms that happen that people don't realize. It's not just, oh, it's just your thyroid. It's nothing major, but it is. My cells pretty much attack my thyroid because they think it's a bad thing and stop it from working. So that caused me to not – well, I was still working at that time. Mm. Um, Got a lot of hassles from work because I'd lost all my hair from this. 
um, couldn't deal with the stress much of it anymore and just before I left was diagnosed with another illness which was uh, severe aplastic anemia which is pretty much bone marrow failure and due to work not being very um, uh, on board with needing time off and things it was just easier to leave so I ended my 10-year nursing career <laughs> So, all right, so they weren't supportive of your no. newly diagnosed illnesses? Not very much. So. It's not very compassionate considering it's a nursing That's facility. That's right. <laughs> These nurses that you work for, um, a nurse you work for, right? Uh, yeah, it was just the... Uh, the uh, was the, she an RN? Uh, she was a DON, so she was literally the... Was a DON? The, um, I was going to say dominatrix for some reason then. <laughs> <laughs> the director of nursing... <laughs> Oh. Um, so she pretty much is in charge of the entire nursing home. So she, she's, she's, the, above. she's the dom. She, yeah, pretty much. Hey. And she just never really liked me. I went through a lot of the whole time she was there. I went through like really bad stress and bullying with her. Um, that it's funny though because stress and things can bring on autoimmune conditions. They say so. I wouldn't be surprised if she'd caused my autoimmune condition. <laughs> but um. Yeah, she just was not very compassionate towards me. She just never liked me, and this was just... She had tried to get me out for a very long time, and I was not going to leave because she wanted me to leave. I was going to leave on my own terms if I had to leave. Yeah. Unfortunately, I had to. Yeah, it's your body... Yeah, had made just could your, not. ...the decision for you by the sounds of it. Yeah, it did. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you weren't... By the time you were diagnosed with plastic anemia you were at a point where you couldn't work. No. Anyway. I so you would yeah. have had to have left work. Um, can you tell us a bit more about plastic anemia and where you sort of sit on the spectrum? Yep. So there's uh, three levels. There's just aplastic anemia, then there's severe aplastic anemia, and then there's very severe aplastic anemia. Very severe is obviously the worst um, in the middle, smack bang in mm -hmm. the middle. Um, so it's when your body, just, just to make it simple because it's really, it can be get very complex. Oh, yeah. It is pretty much my body doesn't make enough bone marrow, which doesn't make enough blood cells. Mm -hmm. So it's like having leukemia without the cancer part. Oh. It's exactly the same, just no cancer. So it's still treated with chemotherapy, it's still treated with bone marrow transplants, things like that. Uh, blood transfusions pretty much kept me alive for those first couple of years because <laughs> without them I probably would have cocked it. How, how regular were the blood transplants? They were every... Or tra transplants every or transfusions? Transfusions. Did I say transplants? <laughs> I'm not sure. Oh, no, blood transfusions, yeah. Um, they were every week and every second week, depending on what my bloods were, but they were most weeks. So that was because your body wasn't making... Blood cells. Blood cells. Yep. You had to have someone else's blood. Yep, someone yeah. else's blood and someone else's... Um, uh, uh, oh, crap. Mental blank. I'll get back to it. Platelets. After. Oh, that's the one. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> platelets. And um, what are platelets? So platelets are what clots your blood. Okay. So without them, you pretty much just bleed out if you cut yourself. And they're like, like the that. flour to your gravy. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> they thicken everything up. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you how so how long was that for again? I had treatment like full on treatment, including chemo. For, it was like a year straight, nearly. So regular blood transfusions. Chemotherapy to, chemotherapy, keep, my, yeah, so to keep my immune system as low as they could. Yeah. Because um, 
that was part of the problem. Does this straight happen straight after you finish nursing? It was already happening. So you were um, on chemo and blood. No, no, I hadn't started chemo yet. I started chemo when I um, left because I couldn't fit it into their work, what they wanted. That's why I ended up leaving because I needed to have the chemo. I needed to have regular blood transfusion. You wouldn't have been able to work I needed time and, off. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it was just not doable there. Yeah. So um, I was already sick with the aplastic anemia. So what was that like? While I was working. What's that like being sick? That's just literally just tired all the time because your blood levels are so low mm. um that would have contributed also to like the hair loss like it was confusing because i would always think that it was the hashimoto's but it was actually something else going on as well yeah um they diagnosed it with a spinal tap which was the most awful thing ever Could and you talk us through a spinal tap real quick so they pretty much like numb up a small area on your back <laughs> and then um they, um, oh no, sorry, let me rephrase that. I did have a spinal tap is where they check the brain fluid from your, your spine. Mm-hmm. But what I diagnosed, it was a, a bone marrow biopsy, which is, oh geez. <laughs> so they numb up a little area near your hip area if they can get it there. And then they insert this like big needle into the bone, mm-hmm. like to the bone. And then they twist um, this thing, which takes out. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty gross. Like a corkscrew. And you can hear it. Yeah. What does it sound like? creaking i don't know like cracking creaking bones to me like eerie horror movie stuff (laughs) well you like horror movies yeah i do but not when it's (laughs) happening on me and yeah i didn't mind back then having like hundreds of blood tests and spinal taps and biopsies done because i was a nurse and it it interested me but now just don't even put a needle near me i can't deal with it (laughs) Want to know what we're up to next? Want to get involved in our latest listener polls? Like, follow, comment and interact with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and Snapchat. Just search ask for pod and join the What You Ask For community. Thanks for listening. So <laughs> it must have been like a real trip to go from healthy, yep. I was going to say normal, but was that me? Uh, relatively healthy, then to all of a sudden, yep. you get Hoshimoto's, which whacks you out straight away. Yep. Well, straight away. It was a process Over you were two saying. years, yeah. yeah. Um, and then to add injury to in- or insult to injury, yep. um, I think that's how that goes, uh, you get a plastic anemia, which is basically... Uh, uh, bone marrow failure uh, yeah but also potentially a life it's yeah, a life threatening it's a rare disease. blood disorder so yeah and not a lot is really known about you don't hear i've never heard of it and i was a nurse so right i was like what i thought the diagnosis was going to be oh you've got leukemia but they're like you have a plastic anemia and i was like yeah. oh anemia that's all right i just need to eat some more meat or something yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. like oh no it's called that but it's not that <laughs> yeah it's not your typical anemia no yeah, so, so following your diagnosis, you finished working as a nurse. Yep. Um, so now you're you're not working at all, right? No. Nope. You're homebound. Homebound. And for ages. And you're on these really strong. Yep. To put it mildly, I suppose, um, chemo therapies. Yep. A bit more than strong. It's quite. Yep. 
I just want to say that, just so people know, I don't know if people realise that chemotherapy is used for a lot of other illnesses. It's not mm. just for cancer. I think commonly people think, oh, cancer. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of autoimmune diseases use it to right. lower, keep your immune system low because when your immune system is high and you have autoimmune disease, it attacks whatever. Like with me, it's my thyroid. So yeah. when my um, immune system is normal-ish, yeah. it goes mental and will attack. Sure. So they've got to always keep it as low as they can without you getting sick. So being, on, you were saying before, you're halfway on the spectrum of... Yep. So right in the middle between like mild or, you know, it's not... Yep. Plastic neum is not a super big issue. It's manageable to um, you pretty much... Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're right. You're I'm right in the, in the middle. middle, and you're getting chemotherapy. You're getting regular blood transfusions. Quite a different lifestyle now that you're homebound after being quite yeah. active in your professional life yeah. since you were a teenager. Yep. It was awful. <laughs> I mean, like, do you know what it was? It's you always want like a holiday when you're working. It's like, oh, I wish I was on holidays, or I wish I had time off. And I was like, at first it was like, oh, this will be all right. I'm like home for a while and then I'll go back to work or something. Yeah. But it just didn't pan out that way. And, you know, it's three years later and I haven't worked yet. And, it's, you know, I'm over it. Ugh, I want to go to work. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you do you do work and we'll talk about that Yeah. in a while. But um, so since then, so pretty much since then you've been housebound. Yep. Um, and you're on treatments. You're not on chemotherapy anymore so no. let's go back two years to where okay um you, you're having regular treatments regular yeah chemo imagine okay. a lot of hospital visits and hospital visits lots of nursing visits <clears throat> i got a port placed because my veins started collapsing yeah, tell so us about that. a port is where they insert this little uh it looks like a little coin it's probably the size of a 20 cent piece right. maybe Ish. Um, and it's got these little, um, it's got a wire that goes to the back of your heart. So medications and things when they're injected, like literally go straight through your system as quick as possible. And they can also take blood from it without having to look for veins. Um, so they, they just, it's like a little day procedure. They insert it under the skin, usually in the chest area. So it sounds convenient. Yeah, so it, yeah, when there's no complications, and I'm not that simple, so there's always a complication. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was a lot easier um, to have, obviously, blood taken. It just takes two seconds. Yeah. Um, you only feel a little prick because it's just under the skin, so mm-hmm. it's just that initial prick of them trying to get the, the needle in. Um, it's, they're amazing things when they're done right. But you had issues. Yeah, I ended up getting scarring around the tube, which caused blockage. Then they had scar tissue. Yeah, just from the skin. Yeah, just inside. Okay. Just my body. So it was blocking up the blocking up the tube, so nothing could go through or come out. So then they had to replace it somewhere else. Um, Didn't that happen a few times? Yeah, with my port, it did. Before I had a port, though, I had a pick line, so it was like this thing in my arm that would hang out that had these tubes that would hang down all the time. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And that was really not so you, convenient. you always had tubes. <laughs> I had tubes somewhere all the time. 
yeah, tubes taped to my arm and, like, would cut up socks to hold everything in place. It was awkward to go out with in summer because mm. everything's on show and it's, like, yeah. No. Didn't they have to move it a few times They as well? moved it from arm to arm as well because that got blocked and there was problems and... And um, incredibly yeah. painful, I imagine, to go it, through it as was well. Very Didn't you have to get stitches? When it, got infi- when it got infected and they had to take it out, I had stitches and oh, it was God. awful. It was just, I remember the green pus, it was gross. <laughs> the green pus? The green pus, yeah, that was gross. So what, what had happened for you to get green pus? It just got infected from the inside and you, then you, it came you, onto it the outside. Sore, it was it sore, to... but they kept telling me I was fine because I was on antibiotics. Right. Um, I was not so fine. Why, why green, though, if you're fine? Exactly. That's not so then they removed it, and they were like, oh, infection. Well, duh. It smells weird, I can tell. <laughs> and that was the other thing. Because it was infected, my, I always felt like my... Um, I always felt like I smelled, because I could smell the infection. Like, yeah. you know how you get a weird smell? And I could constantly smell it, and it was awful. <laughs> so to give us a picture at this time, what is your daily life? Right now? No, no, like... Oh, back then? At at that time, and we'll work our way to work (laughs) Back then, it was literally wake up, pop about 32 pills. (laughs) Um, So I had pills, different pills for everything. So, like, for pain, for uh, for fluid retention. What pain are you experiencing? What's the pain management for? Um, The pain was just all over body pain, bones hurting. Is that from the plastic anemia? Yeah, and from the Hashimoto's. So if I'm having a flare-up of Hashimoto's, everything hurts regardless of what's going on. And sometimes because I have so many different illnesses, which I'll get to, it's hard to tell which one's actually playing up. (laughs) Right. But, yeah, the tablets, but there was like bone marrow stimulators and all these random drugs and I was pretty much just a guinea pig <laughs> try this try this try this yeah um <clears throat> yeah so I'd take all my pills um I was on blood thinners and blood thicker thickness and I would have to have injections as well so I'd take them if I it was that day the nurses would come over take blood give blood <laughs> do chemo depending on what day it was yeah. and then it's like sleep mum would come over have dinner sleep <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's just yeah, you're, you're pretty, pretty much, much revolved around yeah. doctors, nurses, appointments. And resting. Yeah. Yeah. For a long time. And being bored shitless and finally uh, watching TV shows that I'd never watched before. <laughs> that was yeah, the only you, good thing. You caught up on all of them yet? I did. I watched Game of Thrones for the first time three years ago. <laughs> and um, yeah, I Yeah, I remember because I, I was telling you about because I was watching it. Yeah. And I was saying, you should watch this. And you're like, oh. oh I don't know. And then you power. <laughs> I powered through it. Through, I think it was like season five or something. Yeah. You're up to. Um, and you, I remember you powered through it. Yeah, I also powered through Vikings and stuff. Like, yeah, so much TV. Yeah, you're ahead of me on Vikings. <laughs> I'm still, um, I've only uh, ever got to the first half of season, episode one, season two. One day. Yeah. Um, so, first year. <clears throat> Massive life change. Yep. Medications galore. Yeah, like you said, you're a bit of a guinea pig. They're trying to work out what works, what doesn't. Yeah. You got picks hanging out your arms. You got <laughs> stuff. I was stuff. I even had a central line at one point, and that ended up getting blocked. So. What was the the chest one called again? The heart. The one? port. The port. Yeah. Um. Which so- I now have, but it's kind of they moved it three times, and now it's kind of. Um, 
on my side, like under my arm, but a bit further down. All right, so you still have the pull. Yeah, I still have the pull. So after a year, what's happening? Are we getting better? No. <laughs> I think we got worse. We stayed the same or we were getting worse. It was always never – it never really picked up. question got a comment want to interact and help shape our shows then email us askfullpod at hotmail.com that's a-s-k-e-d-f-o-r-p-o-d at hotmail.com thanks for listening um so how, how what was the measure for knowing whether you were improving or not what would they if your bloods uh if your blood results like my red blood cells were going up and they weren't. So they were either this dropping. This is part of the regular testing. Yeah, so every they have tests. Every um, so all your bloods twice are twice a week. What, what does that mean? Bloods up or down? So if my red blood cells were get if the treatment for the aplastic anemia was helping, mm. my red blood cells would go up, was which that, means I'm producing you're red producing, blood cells. Oh, right. Okay. Um, more than usual. So what was the number that in? Did they throw a number at you? The same they okay, this did, is, but you know, I can't even remember what my lowest was at the moment. Um, I have it all written down. I kept everything right. right, but I can't remember off the top of my head what but my lowest. But basically, you were given a, like. I was given a number I had to reach, and I've still not reached it three years later. Right. <laughs> but, have you um, got, gotten close at all? Um, yes, but then it's always seemed to have dropped again before I hit it. So. Um, the aim now is still working towards it with some other stuff that's happened in between. Right. Um, yeah, but it wasn't just like red cells. I had to worry about platelets and things like that. So, you know, it was always something to worry about. And if it wasn't that, it was, you know, Hashimoto's and it was always back and forth between the two. So between that first year and now. Yep. So you've been three years unwell. Mm-hmm. What changes? Well, I then <laughs> where do I start? I then get diagnosed with like Crohn's disease, which is um like an uh there's like um, how do I explain it? It's, it's got to do with your intestines, and it's also an autoimmune disease, and that affects your intestines and your digestion and things like that. Uh, it's lots of inflammation, lots of pain in the stomach area. Yeah, so I get that one. <laughs> okay, so this is, is it because of the Hashimoto's or they, plastic anemia? They don't know. It's just They say that once you get one autoimmune, you can expect to have at least three or four by the time you're done. Right, okay. So is it, can you keep food down? The- yeah, I can keep food down. It's just painful. So it's like an inflammation of all the intestines and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, treatment can be your diet, exercise, things like that, if it's not as severe. Um, I'm lucky mine's not Mine's not extremely severe. I've only got um, one little small patch of, like, some scarring in my intestines, which what causes, when that gets aggravated, causes massive inflammation. And what aggravates that? Food. Certain not, types uh, of food? Certain or? types of food, yeah. um, not going to the toilet properly, like constipation, things like that. So what foods can't you eat? Well, can you have you can't eat? Back, do you eat gluten? Yeah, well, back then it was 
I was actually on a paleo diet, so I'd given up gluten and given up wheat, dairy, things like that, and I was just eating, like, a high-fat, low-carb diet, and that helped at the time, like, what I seemed to think it was helping at the time. And um, it was helping my Hashimoto's, so I was like, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing, because if it's helping, then that's great. But eventually with the Crohn's, I had to go on a treatment where every um, six to eight weeks I have like an infusion done, which helps keep the inflammation of the Crohn's away. Um, So food didn't cut it in the end. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. So that's three diseases now. Yeah, that's two autoimmune. Two autoimmune, one blood. Yep. And so... Then? That complicates things a bit. That did, but it wasn't as awful. It gets a bit worse okay. after because I end up finding this lump on one of my breasts and it ends up being uh, cancerous and then they do a lumpectomy to remove it. Mm-hmm. Then that um, needs, obviously, chemotherapy. Couldn't do radiation due to aplastic anemia and stuff. They said I wouldn't be able to cope. So they give me chemotherapy for like nine months which fucking sucked. Was this on top of the... This is after the chemo that <laughs> you had This is after the done. chemo that I'd already had like two, two years before that. So you're back on chemo Back on again. chemo, but I'm on the one named Red Devil. So it's like one of the worst ones you can get. And it is literally red. It right? is like, like fluor... It was red. Like, like fire engine. Yeah. It was red. That was the only cool thing about it. it the colour. The colour. <laughs> uh, everything else about it sucked. Right. Big time. How long were you on that for, for the cancer? I think it was 10 months because I had to have a break because I got too sick from it. So I used to have four-week uh, four week gaps in between each treatment. They had to extend the gap because I was getting too sick. So it took longer to complete the, right. the whole lot. And the cancer, breast cancer, was, was it just... That was random. It was random. It was going to happen. However, regardless. they did say that the drugs from that I was taking for aplastic anemia and the chemo that I had for that can cause... A breast cancer. I was going to say because yeah. a lot of, lot of treatments, pretty like these hardcore treatments, yeah. they have a list of side effects. Oh, yeah. Which include everything. Mm-hmm. Everything you can possibly imagine. So there is that chance that. There always that, is. Yeah. But um, the chemo that they'd used for my aplastic anemia was one that also helps uh, breast cancer. They use it for breast cancer as well. Because they did say to me, if I wasn't, I could have had it back then. I don't know. They don't know. Because it was only until I felt like a lump that I did anything about it. Yeah. Um, they said that I was lucky I was on that type of chemo because it could have prevented it from getting worse than what it was when I found it. Right. Okay. But that chemo, Red Devil, was the worst ever. And I'm so sorry for anyone who ever has to go through anything like that. <laughs> so what, what makes it particularly it's worse? It's so strong. It just... I the, the the skin on my hands and feet had peeled all right off. It was like red raw baby brand new sunburn oh, skin. Oh, that was that time when your skin my was feet. peeling off your face and. Oh no, that was after. Oh, was that okay? <sighs> yeah, first it was my hands and feet were like just peeling skin everywhere, and then the skin underneath was so brand new that it was just red all the time. So it was really sore. Oh yeah, and under my feet, so I couldn't hardly walk sometimes because of all that. You know, the nausea, just general yeah. pain, tired, hair loss all <clears throat> over again, mm-hmm. <laughs> stuff like that. And then I ended up getting so sick that I ended up getting a rash from head to toe, literally red. I looked like I was from The Walking Dead. My skin was just falling off my face I and remember, yeah, my was... legs, my everything. It was disgusting. You, you did. The, I remember we made. Oh, I made a joke once. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the thing was near Halloween. So yeah. you could 
you could go as Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Just need a fedora and a glove. <laughs> That's what it looked like. It did. It looked pretty It was bad. really awful. And, you know, I'd lost my eyebrows. I'd lost some of my eyelashes. Yeah. I had no hair and I have this fucking skin falling off my face in chunks. It was so wrong. Mm. You know, my teeth were getting broken from the chemo. Like, it's just my nails were turning black. It was awful. It was just, I reckon it was one of the most horrible times I've ever been through. How long did that last? Lasted till the end of treatment, so a year. Like, most symptoms would come and go, come and go, but the rash was for months. From July until November, I think it was. Wow. Because I missed someone's wedding. No, it was before, it was in May. Because I had it for my birthday. I'll never forget that. Yeah, it was fucking shit. And technically, I'm still having treatment for breast cancer because you're not clear, they say, until five years after. So I'm into my third year, which and I'm fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. But they won't say that you're completely clear until it's been five years after. Yeah, sure. But I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> fine for now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Until yes. um, what happens next? <laughs> well... <laughs> it just sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? It starts to sound a bit stranger than fiction, yes. as our gentle listener will. But then it all makes sense at the end. That's the thing. So after this, I get, I've get i been getting these pains in the side of my face. I keep thinking it's just my teeth breaking, my teeth being sore, stuff like that from the chemo. Apparently it's not. It's the trigeminal nerve in your face, kind of near your face, near your head. So you're indicating by your... Like my your, ear and head. Your jawline? Yeah, so in by between there. Yeah. So I was getting like really bad migraines and headaches, thinking mm-hmm. it's just a toothache and stuff. But it wasn't. It's the trigeminal nerve, which continuously just shakes. You Ask For Extra is our interview show where we talk to somebody and share their story with you. We believe everyone has a story to share. And if you'd like to share yours, email us at askedforpod at hotmail.com. Thanks for listening. So it causes this awful stabbing pain in the side of your head, in your ear. Does it shake generally? It it just trembles causing migraines, headaches. They actually call it the... What I'm about to tell you what it is. It's called... Tri- hang on, now I can't even say it. Trigeminal neuralgia is what I have. So this nerve shakes constantly. They call it the suicidal disease because the pain can get that severe that people actually off themselves because they can't deal with it. Right. I never got to that stage. It was bad. So but I was asking before, like, what is it? does it do that normally for everybody or was it was it just doing it for you no. because of what you're going it's, through no it's just the disease it shakes it does it for everybody it might it's cause pain in what, different places what disease trigeminal <laughs> that's the name say. of the disease trigeminal neuralgia is the disease they call it tn so you get this yes i was getting it i don't now because i have botox to the nerve which stops the shaking so i don't get the pain right okay yes so when so this was just after the this was the like wa- Walking Dead. Yeah, this was like not symptoms. Uh, symptoms. Not I symptoms just thought it was migraines, 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 and tooth pain. Makes from it sound nicer when you call it migraines. Migraines. Yeah. Sounds like a biscuit company. Yes. Migraines. Migraines. 
chocolate biscuit. <laughs> no. So, yeah, that, that didn't help everything. Yeah, so how long did you have that for? I reckon I had that for a good six months before I did anything about it because I seriously just thought it was my teeth. I thought I had teeth problems from the chemo. And the dentist kept telling me it's just because your teeth are falling apart, they're cracking because of chemo and stuff. Mm. And I was like, well, that's not fair. Like, you know, so I was taking, like, freaking morphine and fentanyl just for, like, this head pain. And I was like, this can't be right. Then one of my specialists, because I have more specialists than freaking friends, um, suggested that I go to the neurologist to get something, like, get, get it checked out properly. And he's like, it's your trigeminal nerve it's you've got trigeminal neuralgia it's when the nerve shakes and causes extreme pain and it will stop but anything could set it off like cold wind blowing past my face would set it off really and things like that so i'm very grateful that this botox helps it so every four to five months i go and they just botox the nerve and you haven't had any issues since yep it's been perfect (laughs) okay now speaking of specialists weren't you or aren't you on a trial? I am. I'm getting, getting to that. You're getting that. Okay. So I won't bring that up just yet. So, so other than having like fairly, like really serious life-threatening diseases and yeah, this massive life change where you're now, you, you go from a, a lively, energetic, um, hardworking individual to a, a lethargic, <laughs> uh, pain-ridden person going through trying to balance all these diseases with some really hardcore treatments yep. must take its toll emotionally as well as not just physically because you've gone through so many changes as well like yep. you're physically you've oh, your body's changed as my well my body's like, gained weight ridiculously and it's all from steroids and things like that it's yeah. just nothing you, and you can do about hair it loss and hair loss and skin coming skin off coming and, off and rashes and you know, yeah. it's just, it's hard to deal with, but um, I was actually thinking about this today. It's, sometimes it's just so hard, like, you start to improve and you keep getting kicked in the face, um, but I guess you find reasons to go on, because if I didn't, I wouldn't be here, obviously. <laughs> so there'll be times where you get a test and the results are looking positive. Yep. And you're feeling Feel positive. You're feeling positive. Yeah, like and then all this pain and suffering is worthwhile. And then you'll get another result a bit later. So yes. Oh, well, By now, the way, now you've got you've this. got this too. Yeah, which is what happened after the nerve thing in the face. Um, I got diagnosed with type one diabetes, which shocked the fuck out of me because it doesn't run in the family. Type my family type two does. So if, out of all of them, I thought oh, if I was going to get diabetes, it would be type 2. Give us a quick lesson on diabetes. Okay, so type 1, you need to depend on insulin because your pancreas doesn't work. So your pancreas is what makes your insulin. And your insulin is what? Is what regulates your blood sugar, your sugar levels in your blood. Okay. Um, type 2 is um, you. some people need insulin for it, some don't, but your pancreas still works to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be controlled with diet and exercise. Right. Um, type 1, you can't get away from it. You have to have insulin to survive. And it's pretty much the, it's the one they say, if you've got it, you've got it for life. You've got it forever. It's yeah. never going away. You can't cure it. Okay. And people that think that they can cure type 1 with food and exercise, you need to re- rethink your thinking because it's impossible. 
Rethink your thinking? Yep, rethink your thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, because I get very frustrated when people are like, have you tried diet and exercise? And it's like, for fuck's sake, my pancreas doesn't work. Diet and exercise is not going to help me. Like, it's going to help. It's not going to get rid of it. I still need to inject insulin every time I eat and don't, like, before I eat and after I eat. So, yeah. Yeah, so then I got slapped with that one and that was pretty harsh. So how many is this now? How many diseases? Oh, let me at see. This, at this stage of... One, two, three, four, five, six. That's six, and that's not counting the two that I suffered from when I was a child that I still suffer from, so... Which is... Which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Oh, gosh. Yep, was diagnosed with at 10 years old with that. What, say it again? Polycystic ovarian syndrome. Is that cysts Cysts on your, on your ovaries. ovaries. Yep, and then from... Poly, ha- I guess, means more than one. Polycystic, Cystic, yeah. cysts. Yep. Alright, so, okay. so that means you can't have children? No, that's or? just um, cysts that grow in the ovaries causing really bad pain. Sometimes they grow massive, you need to get them removed. Like have, the cysts, have ever, I've had one massive golf ball size cyst removed oh, back shit. in 2000. Wow. Yeah, that was pretty harsh. <laughs> um, but, but I was diagnosed with that at 10 and then at 11 I was diagnosed with endometriosis. So, which is which is when um, you're gonna have to explain it, all of these as we go along because I know I'm trying to get we're, we're the not simple, all nurses. The simple terms is when um, the tissue that grows in the uterus for a woman when you have your period grows on the outside of mine, causing extreme pain. So that's endometriosis. Didn't you also have glandular fever? Yeah, I had glandular fever back. I think, yeah, back in the day. And didn't that mess up something as well? Yeah, that probably messed started it all, started the rest of my problems because it messed with my immune system so bad. Now, glandular fever, just real quick, is it's um, I'm having a mental blank for glandular fever. Um, it's obviously got to do with your glands. You can get extremely ill from it. Um, and for a long time, yeah. Yeah, it takes a long time. They say it's the kissing disease. Um, because it's passed through saliva. Not, um, not a compulsion to suddenly kiss people. <laughs> no. But um, it, it can get very serious. Um, My cousin had glandular fever really bad and to the point where it affected his heart. So I don't know a lot about glandular fever. I just remember I was diagnosed with having it after I had already had it. <laughs> so I was oh, at okay. the end stages of having it. So did you have any symptoms? I had a sore throat. I was very tired. Right. Um, very tired seems to be the big thing with a lot of Sounds like a precursor to what you're going through now. Yeah. Um, so your running hypothesis is that perhaps this was a, could have been a trigger to... Possibly. They've never really said much about I mean, it. You can never really know, can no. you? No. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but so... But I suppose when you're after living a mostly healthy life and then suddenly you're getting diagnosed with disease after, after disease, disease... It's ridiculous. It, you kind of want to draw back to a, a common point or where did this start or yep. what happened for all this to happen uh, I think it's quite natural to sort of because make that conclusion I always think that I'm like something's wrong with me all the time because I'm like I don't know other people that have so many illnesses blah 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 and it's like what, why have I got all these illnesses and no one else does but I've actually met a lot of people now that have up to 10, 12 different um, chronic illnesses or autoimmune diseases and it's Really crazy to see how similar everybody's symptoms and every like what you go through. Yeah. 
Um, because mine's not over yet, people. Yes. I've still got a few more to go. Right. So we're, we're up to... <laughs> we're not including the ones from the past. Nope, we're not including How those. many? We're at up, six. We're at six. And so bearing in mind, every time you get a new disease, it's a, a added treatment. Yep. And potentially whatever new treatment's introduced could conflict with yep. previous treatment. So then there's this new balancing act. Yep. Every time you're putting medication in your body, yep. it's fucking you up mm-hmm. it's it's really messing with you you because you, yeah. your chemistry the what you ask for regular show is where we attempt to answer some of life's big and small questions got a question you'd like us to answer Email us at askforpod at hotmail.com. Thanks for listening. Because every medicine that would give me for one thing um, would, I want to say contradict, but that's not the word I'm looking for, would react Counteract. with... Counteract? Yeah, that's the word. Sorry, my brain's a bit funny today. Sorry. It I suppose would, contradict works as well. Yeah, it would, <laughs> like, counteract with another one. So... It was like my, my specialist team <laughs> would have to always meet when something new came along, which they they still fucking hate it to this day because everyone's so busy. And to get them all together, there's like 10 of them. So per disease, you have a specialist. I have a specialist for pretty much each and illness. They, they meet occasionally. <laughs> they meet go, right. when there's another issue. Right. <laughs> or when some, a medication needs to be changed. Or if something's happened in my treatment, they need to get together and discuss it all the time because they can't change one drug or one thing without affecting yep. another illness. And that's the hard part as so well. So you have a committee. I do. I have my own little... I said that the other day to my mum. I said I have more specialists and doctors than I do friends. <laughs> like, I need to invite them for my birthday, you know. <laughs> but, that would um, be a depressing birthday. It would be. I only like a couple of them, so... Oh, I shouldn't say that. They No, they, they work hard for <laughs> <Oops>. me. <laughs> Did you want me to delete that bit? No, that's fine. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I, um, also, should I continue with my illnesses? Oh, yeah, 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 we're in a roll. Don't forget that each illness has its own set of symptoms as well, so not only do you deal with the illness, you're dealing with all the side effects and symptoms from the meds and everything, like... What's the common ones that you, you, that you deal with? Weight gain, fluid retention, um, pain, and, um, fatigue, and brain fog seems to be really bad sometimes I my words get mixed up I can't talk properly sometimes I can't even like when I'm writing uh to think of a word takes me a while sometimes to just grasp it I used to just think it was the medications that I'd been on but they said that it's also from certain illnesses can cause the brain fog as well which must make study very difficult because we haven't mentioned no that throughout (laughs) the I think is the first year or the pretty much the well, the second year. The second year I was sick. You um, did online... I started online study studies. to be a integrative nutritionist, and um, that was really difficult. It's, it was difficult, but it wasn't. It was something to do that I was interested in, so it kept my brain active. Mm-hmm. Um, I find the study I'm doing now a lot harder to retain. <laughs> so... Um, that, that study went for a, a year. year 
and you become a nutritionist yep. and you are a nutritionist. Yep. But now you're starting to be... A dietitian so I can get further along with what I want to do with food in hospitals and things like that. Okay. Um, so that's still what you... Are you about halfway through that at the moment? No, that's four years. Oh, okay. So what's this? I only started this year. <laughs> okay. So you've got a while yet. So I've got a while to go. So that's my master's in dietics and... So with all those symptoms that you just mentioned, not yet getting to the diseases that are still on the list. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I should ask that question after. Maybe. Maybe. Okay, I'll hold that question. So I get the diabetes, that was last year. So what year are we in? I was going to say 98. No, we're in 2018. Yeah. (laughs) So in 2017, I get the diabetes just before, a few months before Christmas, I think it was. And then... Literally the week of Christmas, I get diagnosed with this stomach condition because I was throwing up a lot and having these awful stomach pains and things. Did you just think it was the Crohn's to begin with? I did, and that's what my specialists all thought. They all thought it was just the Crohn's playing up, but all the the blood tests and the antibody tests for my Crohn's were all normal and I wasn't in a flare, so it shouldn't have affected me. Okay. Um... I have it's called it's called gastroparesis, which is stomach uh, paralysation of the stomach. So my stomach's paralysed to should, a certain extent. I was just thinking we could do a uh, social media quiz on we this could. afterwards. We could name all the diseases that Daniela has. <laughs> spell them correctly. Spell them. Cor- I can't I think, even spell I think them we'd correctly. Lose, we'd lose our one listener. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, there's a fucking test. Fuck this shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah so, so the week of Christmas I get diagnosed with this, like, awful disease of my stomach's paralysed to an extent. So when I eat food, the stomach muscles in your stomach contract. Mm-hmm. Mine don't do that very well. Right. <laughs> um, so, so even your stomach's lethargic. Yep, and they say that that's caused from di- um, not managing diabetes, which I didn't know that I had you previous to find. Yeah. that a few, a few months, months before, prior, so... So how the fuck was I supposed to know? Exactly. Um, I just thought when I threw up it was because of medication or, yeah. you know, from something I had. So what what comes out of this thing? So I was pretty devo because Christmas Day I couldn't really eat all the things I wanted to eat. <laughs> because you, I was... you being of an Italian family, that's... Yeah. That's hard it's because... pretty torturous because there's um, some awesome food. I had found that things like meat and fish and... Like, those types of proteins were really hard for me to digest. Um, so I'd eat them, uh, get really ill from it, and then maybe four days later throw up what I'd eaten last week, you know? Like, it wouldn't come out straight away. It would take its time because my stomach... So four days later, you throw longer. up. That's bizarre. Yeah. I had my I had a gastric emptying study done. Mm-hmm. So it's when they give you a certain food you need to eat with that has like radioactive dye stuff in it so you eat it so it's either porridge eggs or it has radioactive stuff in it yeah you don't you can't taste it you can't see it it only activates once you've eaten it oh so it shows up on the x shows up in the x-ray so are you secretly hoping for superpowers though it's pretty cool (laughs) it's pretty cool i was like oh maybe i'll be like spider-man or something's gonna happen (laughs) but um you eat it and then you pretty much got to sit in this x-ray machine for four hours and every 15 minutes you need to stand up and rotate so they can take x-rays to see how far, how long it's taking your digestion to go, to all happen. And usually within the first two hours you should have full digestion going through. 
Right. Um, in the first two hours, I didn't even have much movement whatsoever, if any. Right. So after four hours, it I had... It sitting in your stomach. It, it was just sitting. So after four hours, I had moved maybe 15% through my system, which is fuck all. Yeah. <laughs> um, and clearly, you, you, so your body's not breaking down the, the not, food to get no. the energy, to get the good stuff that it needs. No, so I was getting malnutritioned. I was bloated because the food would just sit there for days until I threw it up. Um, it was really awful. So they, they gave me medications to help stimulate the stomach muscles, things like that. Um, but this was a big reason for me actually going vegan because okay. other than the animals, um, eating eggs and meats and pro- I can't digest it. It's so hard. So if I don't eat it, which I've found that I've been vegan for a while now, I'm not throwing up as much. Whereas I used to throw up every day more than once or twice a day, I might throw up maybe once a month now. Okay. Isn't that what, is that what the hardcore vegans call like a health-motivated vegan? Yeah, maybe. Like you, you become a vegan because um, for health That health was reasons. part of the reason, but also... Kind of like Kevin Smith? Yeah. I guess that's that was his reason, wasn't it? Because of his heart attack. He had a heart attack, so he figured... Oh, it was... Oh, I forget what happened, but someone suggested it maybe. Yeah, his I daughter think. was vegan. His daughter was vegan, vegan, but I think his doctor had said something about yeah. considering um, dropping certain foods, which were, I think, were meat anyway, so... I think it helps. Um, he's lost so much weight. Oh, my God. He's so thin. He looks really good. Well um, done, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. If you ever listen. <laughs> he doesn't have, like, 20 diseases to manage, though. Oh, true. So, where are we up to? Where So, you've got the stomach one. So, I'm dealing with that. So, what's your... In between all this... Oh, okay. Because this happened at Christmas time, all that. Um, I was actually being considered for a trial... Because um, not a court trial. No, not a court trial. A medical trial from Germany that had to do with the aplastic anemia. Um, so these German doctors were deciding on um, a group of patients here in Australia. Um, if they were, I forgot the words now. If they um, brain fog. Yeah, big time. If they were suitable for the trial. Yeah. And after being told yes, I'd been told no, because then I got diagnosed with diabetes and stuff. Want to watch a movie but not alone? Then listen to our What You Ask For movie commentaries, where we give our take on some of the most popular movies out there. And we also like to play some movie games, so you can join in on the fun with us. Thanks for listening. And then, I think it was Christmas Day, I got a phone call saying that... Aren't you... Hang on, just to go back a second. Aren't you under one specialist up, up, up until this? I'm under one specialist for the aplastic anemia. Okay. She was looking for trials for many, many years. That she's been like. Because we haven't really mentioned her, and she. She's passed away now. Just going to build up to that. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Suspension over. (laughs) Um, Sorry. So you, you, so you've had her since the beginning of the diagnosis of aplastic anemia, and she was your biggest champion throughout. Um, every time you got another disease or yep. you, you go through all your 
horrible symptoms. She was really uh, a really important person for you to communicate with because she was really your champion. A lot of doctors didn't want anything to do with you because you were too complicated and getting worse, getting more complicated. So she was the one that stayed by your side and really pushed for you to get involved in this trial. Yeah, she was a massive advocate for everything. She, because I'm a bit, um, uh, like, I get scared if I have to approach doctors about things that I want to do. And she was always like, nah, I should just do it for me. Like, she was just, don't be scared. You know, you need to be your own advocate for your own health because doctors aren't going to just turn around and go, hey, come and do this. Like, it's not like that. <laughs> Like, yep. you need to push. And she pushed and pushed and pushed, and she got me onto a trial. Yeah. Um, which is which is where we get to Where now. we're now. Yeah. So, on January the 7th, I had some man-made, oh, a man-made bone. Human-made, please. <laughs> Sorry, human-made. Let's, let's take that back. Yep. A human-made bone in um, surgically welded. <laughs> To my shin bone, which contained um, a donor's match, or a donor's match, a donor's um, bone marrow with a match of 90, I think it was 98.9% to mine, mm-hmm. which is good because I don't have brothers or sisters. My mum's too old to get tested. So getting a, a, a close match was something that's taken a very long time as well. Um, they were from overseas. That's all I know about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they welded this. They surgically. <laughs> Damn, those dogs sorry. smell something. Yeah, he does. Yeah, sorry. They um surgically glued this thing to my leg with the bone marrow in hope that it would overtake my crappy bone marrow and produce cool bone marrow that's going to do what it's supposed to do. So basically, reverse the. Plastic anemia? To back an extent. To, back to a normal? Well, something close to normal? Yeah, well, my bloods will never be what a normal person's are, but they'll get to a stage where I can actually physically go out into the workforce and be more physical and things like that, live life like normal again. Mm-hmm. But um, because of the diabetes and stuff, it's taken a really long time to heal. It's only just started to work. <laughs> After, what are we, seven months later? Um, there's only six of us. Um, what do you mean? Six patients that had it done. In Adelaide or in, in Adelaide? In Australia. In Australia. There's, it's I not thought there was 20. Well, six. Six, in 20. In the whole country? In the whole country. The 20 didn't happen. Really? Don't know why. Okay. But we're six. Because I remember you, at the time you were saying about 20. Mm. And you just missed out by one. Yeah. And then someone passed away. Yeah. And so then you got... Because you are on the, the short list. Yeah, they offered me the, the the place back to have it done. And that was on Christmas Day, so that was an awesome Christmas present. Because um, I had nothing to lose at the end of the day. It, it was nice news considering the news you got a week before. Yeah, about, about my stomach. Yeah. <laughs> so you got on the trial. Yeah, um, had the surgery. Yeah. Recovery was awful. Like, I couldn't shower myself, I couldn't do anything, so it's like, felt like being a baby again. My mum was like, Mum. Your mum was your nurse. Stayed with my mum and she nursed me back to good health. <laughs> Poor thing, had to shower me and deal with my mental breakdowns because I was so over it. 
Um, yeah, I, I mean, I did ask earlier. We didn't really go into many, much no. details, but like mentally, emotionally, it's been draining. As yeah. you can imagine, having constant pain and one disease after another is bad enough. Having one thing mm, and trying to manage that, and even if you get over it, you're still. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you get over it, if you physically heal from it, you yeah. still still marks you in some it way. It does. Um, let alone having, well, what, how many are we up? I've, I've lost count. Are we seven? Seven eight? or eight. <laughs> Can't remember right so now. So you not only have this, but you have anxiety that you deal with. Um, yeah, we're at seven. Um, do you have depression as well? Yeah, I think I, I did to, I do, I did, I don't know, I'm not sure, to an extent, because I have to see a psychiatrist. It's hospital policy. Um, How, on a regular basis. Yeah, it was like every week when I had the the um, experimental bone marrow procedure done. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's like once a month, once every two weeks, depending on what's going on. I can make it every day if I want to. Just depends on how I'm feeling. Sure. Um, I ha- I do suffer from anxiety, which I never really had before. Um, the past three years I've had it, and of recent it's been pretty bad. Since my the bone marrow surgery that I had, it's been awful. So how bad is bad? What's like? I can't be home on my own. Right. Like I just got this thing when I was staying with my mum, and she'd go to work. And she took the first week off of work to be with me, but um after that I just would freak the fuck out. I don't know. I was so scared to be on my own. Not that I thought something was going to happen. It was just the thought of being on my own. I just didn't like it, and I still don't like it. Yeah. But I'm better with it now. So I pretty much, with my crutches, went to work with my mum every day <laughs> and just sat in her work in her staff room every day because <laughs> I didn't want to be on my own. Yeah. Um, I found it really difficult to deal with. And some days I still do, but um, I'm finding I can kind of talk myself down now a bit, um, <laughs> depending on what's happening in my head. <laughs> But it's still something you it's, struggle yeah, with. And social anxiety, like, I never had that in the past. <laughs> I think because I've had so many physical changes, I don't like to be social much because I feel very insecure in myself and how I look. Because um, when I see people I haven't seen for ages, the first thing they comment on is, wow, you've gained a lot of weight. Like, doesn't matter how long it's been, it's always the first thing someone will say. Yeah. And that, that hurts because I was always a chubby girl. And then I lost a lot of weight, and now being a chubby girl again, I don't like it. But it's it's out of my control, and I can't change it. So at the moment, so I'm just trying to deal with it. (laughs) Yeah, and it's the thing too that you are a a woman, and you know you do want to feel pretty. You do want to have simple things like hair, hair, and that's amazing. You know, eyebrows. How hair can make you feel pretty? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, so being denied those, yeah, and those being things fat as well. at the same time <laughs> is annoying. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being a bigger person, but for me, I'm uncomfortable. I, if I was confident with it, I don't think I'd care. But I'm not confident, and I've tried to be confident with all the physical changes, and I'm not. I just can't you get make there. You yourself sound like horribly obese, but you're not. <laughs> you're obviously bigger than you've ever been, but. You're a small I'm, a, I'm obese person. according to the doctors. Well, they yeah. keep telling me I'm obese, and I'm like, well, stop putting me on fucking steroids. <laughs> That's one drug I can't come off of, so not yet, anyway. 
but that's fine. Yeah, I'm alive. You, you, you walk, you fit into your clothes. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're not, like, bed-bound. No. I mean, if, if you ever are bed-bound, it's not because of your weight. It's I wash myself your... with a rag on a stick. <laughs> I'm not that bed-bound yet. No. So I don't want to paint a picture for no. the listener to make it sound like... Not even if you were. I'm, I mean, that wouldn't matter. No. I'm just saying it's... From what I well, see in front of me, is not an obese not, person. I'm not... I don't know. I guess over four four years, I gained about thirty kilos. And for me, for a person my height, that's a lot. <laughs> like, because I'm not tall. tall. I'm like five foot two. Right. So that's a lot. Do you know what weight you're carrying? I know how much I weigh. I know how much I used to weigh. I was like 50, 57 kilos before I started getting sick. That was really skinny. That was really skinny. Even for that, I'd high, never even skinny. been that skinny in my life. Yeah. <laughs> question got a comment want to interact and help shape our shows then email us askforpod at hotmail.com that's a-s-k-e-d-f-o-r-p-o-d at hotmail.com thanks for listening and then with the Hashimoto's that obviously makes you gain weight because your thyroid doesn't work the opposite of Hashimoto's is Graves disease so that can make you lose a lot of weight Oh, that's what Nikki... That's right, yeah. Nikki from the first What You Asked For Extra episodes um, talked about. She's got the opposite to you. Yeah, she's got, yeah. They're both horrible. I would never wish to have Graves' disease just to be thinner. Like, they're both awful. Mm. Um, So what are you now? Do you want to share that or...? Well, I was 97. Mm -hmm. Um, I am now 90. Okay. They did cut a few of my steroids down, so I've managed to very, very slowly drop a little bit of weight, but I haven't exactly been eating a healthy vegan diet. I've been eating like a junk food vegan diet, so that doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you got to treat yourself. Exactly. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, for me that's a massive gain of weight. Yeah. From being so little to gaining, you know, up to 35, 40 kilos. So people could probably work that out in their heads. No, you're not massive, but you obviously are yeah. heavier. Um, and that's what mainly fluid retention, isn't it? It's fluid retention and it's just weight gain from steroids. It's yeah. The steroids just make you gain weight. There's nothing you can do about that until you get off them completely. So where are we up to on the list of diseases? Are we done? Or? No. There's one more. One more? One more, which was misdiagnosed as, and I'm probably pronouncing this wrong, which is mis- was misdiagnosed as fibromyalgia. Is that how I pronounce it? I can't remember. Anyway. Sure, just say that. We'll, I'll just say we'll that. I'm very it. sorry. No this I'm <laughs> very sorry if I'm mispronouncing it, but they thought it was that. They thought it was fibro. It's not. It's multiple sclerosis. Wow. Yeah, so that explains a lot of my brain fog, a lot of my... Um, tremors in my hand sometimes when I'm riding, um, my leg pain, my spine pain, my migraines, the trigeminal nerve thing is a symptom of multiple sclerosis, which so no one ever told me back then. We're starting to see links. Yep. Um, All right, hang on. Before you go further, you're going to have to tell us, tell us, me and the one listener, what multiple sclerosis is. I'll give you the... Um, 
um, it's a disease in which the immune system eats away at the protective covering of nerves. Oh, motherfucker. So they, my immune system fucking hates my guts. That's all I have to say. <laughs> so my you, immune You are literally your own worst enemy. I am. My, it, I said that the other day to someone. I said, you don't understand what it feels like to know that this amazing thing, like the body is amazing what it can do. And mine just wants to fucking kill itself. Like it just attacks itself from the inside. Yeah. Like it's just the weirdest thing ever. So when the immune system attacks the spinal cord or the brain, because that's what multiple sclerosis does, um, it leaves like lesions. And when I had all my testing done not long ago, I was actually diagnosed the day before my birthday, I think it was, <laughs> which was not fun. That was this year, right? Yeah, yeah. back in May. Um, I had like, I have 11 lesions on my spine. 11? Um, yeah. Right. What, is it, what does that mean, though? So um, there's 11 spots on my spine where my immune system has attacked and eaten the covering over the nerves between my spine. Right. So that... That leaves, like, a scar. Right. And that's that, bad because... That's bad because that can cause um, permanent paralysis in places. It can cause permanent tremors. It can cause right. So I'm sorry, stuff. I cut you off. So there's 11 on your spine. And two and, on my brain. Right. At the back. So that's a problem. Apparently. Um, so cool. now the aim is to just not let them get any more. <laughs> and, and you're managing that with... I've had treatment. one treatment. Right. Which, um, after I had it, I felt amazing. But um, I'm a bit behind. I'm meant to have one every four weeks. But because of other issues and other illnesses, I haven't been able to have my second one yet. So I'm hoping next week I can because I'm about two weeks behind in treatment now. Yeah. So that's, that's always been an issue, even before the yeah. MS is... Uh, other treatments for your other diseases yep. are complicated by one of the diseases yep. that are f- either flaring up or yep. there's some issue there. So one treatment will have to prioritise over others, yes. which means the other diseases suffer, which ultimately means you suffer. Yes. And I can end up having a massive flare of some autoimmune condition. Have they all flared at once at the same time? <sighs> I don't think so, and I hope they don't, Yeah. <laughs> because that would be pretty fucked. So multiple, when you're diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, that's, um, it's pretty horrible diagnosis. Yeah. But for you, it's somewhat bittersweet. Yeah, I felt, I was upset, um, but I felt like, oh, fuck, finally, something that can pinpoint certain things that were happening with me that I wasn't sure why. Mm. So they they like they said to me they know what it is what's going on now, they can treat it which is going to help everything else. Does that make any sense? <laughs> which would yeah take some of the stress off yeah. I imagine. Now because didn't you say before um, before we recorded that your medications you've taken a lot of you had mentioned on the podcast that you've yeah. taken 30, lots of thirty two a day. Hasn't that reduced? Yeah, I'm um, on six okay medications a day. The only really bad thing is is that I can't take um, painkillers anymore. Not that I took them. I only took, like, major prescription painkillers if I needed to. It would, I'd be pretty desperate if I took one. Um, that's, like, morphine or fentanyl and stuff. I used to be on a fentanyl patch, but it used to make me so fucking dopey that they had to take me off Yeah. because um, I was just so out of it. And I was really scared that I'd OD by having a patch on me 24 hours a day. Um even though I know that wouldn't happen, but I was scared of things like that. Because that's the drug that Prince OD'd on, was fentanyl. Did so, he have a patch? 
No, I think he had the pills. Okay. Anyway, I'll continue now. So, did he go with a smile, did you think? Maybe. I don't know. It's probably really horrible <laughs> yeah, to say, is. especially after we did that um, yeah. weekend chubby episode. Purple vein. I was just thinking of that part from Back Dance. Go, go, go with a smile. Because he died in his elevator. Elevator. Yeah. Paisley Park. Yeah, it's really sad. Yeah, that would have been sad, dying alone. I saw the autopsy photos that the police took. Really? Yeah. They're and online. You can see them. Oh, God. It's really sad. Yeah. It's, like, real sad. Like, his, 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 his chest scars and shit, like where they would have opened him up. No, 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 no. Why, the ones of him that the police had to take of him in the elevator before oh, they really? moved the body. Yeah? Yeah. Well, how's he look? Like Prince. Just asleep, like, like, asleep. Like, but on the floor. Is he face down or face up? I think he was... On the side of it. I think he was face up. Because I remember his shoes were pointing. I could be <clears> wrong. <throat> I have to go have another look and let you know. Or you could just Google it yourself, I suppose. Yeah. It was, a, it was a Facebook site. That... I take back everything I just said. Yeah. Me too. Oh, we, it's human nature to make light of death, though. I mean... It's such a final and horrible, uh, particularly in his instance, it was mm. so surprising. He was only 50. Yeah, not very old at all. And to die in an elevator? Mm, sad. Oh, I could make another joke. No, don't. He didn't let the elevator break him down. Stop. But he did, I guess. I don't know. Oh, I, um, oh, no, that's I think crazy. about death a lot because when I got sick, I had to um, sign all these papers about... Um, if something happens and I'm hospitalised and I'm, do I want to be resuscitated and all that type of stuff? And that's really hard to go through all that and read and yeah. and think, well, do I want to be resuscitated and on a ventilator and think if something happens and yeah, and I had to, I had they made me write a will, like I had to write a will. Okay. That was full on. I was like, what? I don't yeah. need a will. You're and they're like, you never 37. know. Thirty-seven. Yeah. That was full on, but... Yeah. Um, What's your perspective on death? I'm not worried about death. You can come and get me whenever it's ready. When it's my time, whatever. I um, I worry about how it affects people that I leave behind. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, my mum really only has me. Yeah. And if something happened to me before she passed away, I'm not sure how she'd really cope with something like that. Sure. She copes with enough having to do with all my illnesses. But, um, yeah, I'm not worried about death. It doesn't. It used to scare me when I was younger, but it doesn't scare me. I guess working in the field and losing yeah. lots of people close to me, like my dad passed away, my grandparents, it's just like whatever. You have a familiarity, familiarity with death in that, you know, you've had, like you said, people close to you pass away. You mentioned in the first one of these Podcasts yep. where um, you sat with people who passed mm-hmm. because they had no body and they were scared to be alone. So you have witnessed people pass in front of your eyes many that's times. Right. But yeah, that's life. And then I'll get back to my, my illnesses. There's only one more now. Oh, there's one more. There's I one thought we, more I thought we got from to the, the other one. day. Okay. I think right. was just diagnosed the other day. So how many will this be now? Um, this is eight. Wasn't that eight last time? Nine? Hang on. Can't remember. You, you looking at your phone to calculate. <laughs> because I write everything down in my diseases. phone. Because I have 
everything on my phone I always have from the beginning of like my journey. Yeah. And you're count- counting them up. This now. will be nine. This is the ninth. Okay. So what's Which the is latest? Stage two kidney failure in my right kidney. Oh god. It's awesome. <laughs> So, yeah, that was the diagnosis the other day. Which means... Which means my right kidney is not functioning to its full potential. <laughs> it is not... Even your kidney's lethargic. It is. Just one. The, the left one is healthy as fuck. <laughs> it's just the right one. Right. So the right one just is a bit lazy and it's not filtering as it should. As long as it doesn't progress to the next stage, I'm good. If it does, then I need to get it removed and go on dialysis to keep the other one healthy, which is what we don't want. Right. So um, diet and exercise, once again, is the only way to keep this kidney healthy. But weren't you told not to exercise? Oh, yes. So everything contradicts each and other. And uh, you're already on a... Okay. Yes. Admittedly, you just <laughs> Usually I'm you're healthy, a, though. You're a bit junk foodie, but... Yeah, but usually I'm healthy. I'm usually fairly healthy. I ha- like. I think at the moment I'm just uh, enjoying not being healthy for a bit. Mm-hmm. I think today will be my last unhealthy day because <laughs> I'm planning on going to Lord of the Fries. Anyway. <laughs> and so. But I'm fine with this. I was upset and I, was, I had my cry and I was angry and I was like, oh, well, it's like that. I actually posted today that Rocky quote. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I just find that really fitting. Because I feel like every time I get up and I start getting somewhere with all my health issues, something just fucking knocks me down. But I keep getting back up, so it's okay. Yeah. And that's what I think. I, like, I'm. This is what I was saying the other day, and people were taking it the wrong way. I was saying I'm just. I'm tired. I'm tired of fighting all the time, but it's not me giving up. It's just when you want just like a break for a little while. Like, I don't want to have to fight to be healthy all the time. I just want a bit of a rest. That's it. And you haven't had... You, if you've had any breaks, it's... Uh, short-lived. Very short-lived. <laughs> so I just want to... I'll keep fighting. I won't, I'll never stop. And if I can help anyone that's going through anything out there, I will. Even if they just need someone to talk to about their own health issues. You know, send me an email. Send me a message. You know, if I can help. And how can people contact you? You can contact me at my email address, which is daniella underscore relish at yahoo.com, or you can send me a Facebook message at relish me now, or an Instagram message, um, or you can contact me at the what you asked for uh, universe, all your contact information. Oh, I can't yep. remember them. The, um, if you can't get in contact with me myself. Which you should be up to, but yeah. if you can't, you can always... Email us at ask for pod. That's a s k e d ask for pod at hotmail dot com. Um, the ads will be up during the episode or at the end, yeah. wherever I decide to put them at the time. Um, okay, so what's what do you, what's life look like now? What what are you what are you doing? Um, How are you managing? Well, I think having um, supportive people around is always something that's helpful. Um, I've finally, well, not finally learnt, but I'm still learning that, that not to give a fuck about the people that don't give a fuck about me. It's just wasted energy. Um, trying not to waste my time on the bullshit of life. Just want to live and have fun and achieve all the things that I want to achieve. So completing 
uni in four more years would be great. <laughs> Hopefully my brain can hold out that long. And, um, yeah, take on some more clients to help nutritional-wise in the meantime and uh, maybe do some more podcasts and do some stuff. Oh, yeah, we've <laughs> got an announcement to make too. Um, so yeah, so you keep, you're keeping busy, you've got your studies, you've mm-hmm. got your, um, you got your business. Admittedly, you haven't been taking on I new co- clients at the moment. Not at the moment, but, um, I will be soon again. Yeah. Very soon. You're feeling like you're able to take yeah, on more? I, um, I think cause I, I know exactly where I'm at now with my health and things are not being misdiagnosed now that I'm settled enough with my medication changes and things like that, that I can... The picture feels complete? Yeah, I feel like it's finally just going to get better. <laughs> and if not, hey, we'll just keep going. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Announcement? Oh, yeah. Do you want to share? Uh, you share. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, our announcement <laughs> is... Sorry, I was just remembering the last episode where I... <laughs> Where I had started off, or where we both started off fairly seriously, and I had mentioned up top of the, that show that we were going to make an announcement, and that, that episode derailed in a I funny way. Got we even announced that <sighs> the last one. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, announcement is that Daniela is going to host her own podcast show yes. under the umbrella of the What You Asked For, Asked For Universe. So we'll have an extra show or maybe a show replacing one, one of the others. We'll uh, see what happens. Not too sure yet, but it will be your own show that you own. host. And yes. It may have me on it, may not. It may... It may just be me. Who knows? It, it could just be Daniela. <laughs> but the idea is it's your show and you're pretty much going to do whatever you want. Um, yep. The premise and... The name and all that stuff will come later, but coming we just wanted to give you a bit of a teaser that yes, um, uh, a show is coming when Daniela's got it sorted, <laughs> and um, yeah, we'll announce that on our social media, obviously. But it, yeah, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited for you, and it's take some of the pressure off me too. <laughs> yeah, um, can't always be the driver. That's all right. I don't mind being the driver. So yeah, we'll have. Six shows potentially. Yep. Um, <coughs> or five, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll, we'll manage what it at the time. Anyway. Thanks for listening to me. No, thank you for sharing your story and being so candid and honest. I think that's really, um, it's really helpful when you can just open up and be real mm-hmm. about the stuff that you're going through. I mean, it certainly humanizes you. To our listener. Yes, that's for sure. <laughs> Maybe listeners. And so they have a better understanding of you. I mean, they know nothing about me. No. So. But I'm quite happy to share about me. Like, I don't, it doesn't bother me because I just think if I, if, if my, my health issues or my journey in some way helps somebody else, if they're listening at all, then I'm quite happy to oh, no be doubt. open book. Absolutely. And you've opened up uh, <laughs> an invitation to people, especially those people who are going through one, if not multiple yep. diseases. I can imagine like anything like that. I don't, thankfully I don't suffer from any diseases I know about at this time, <laughs> but I can imagine it can feel isolating, particularly yep. in your case where you are housebound, you don't 
socialize a hell of a lot. You do try to, though. You do have friends. You I catch try up with. At least bit. once a week, you try to. Yeah, I try at least once or twice. And obviously, you socialize with me and yeah. podcasts. And there's always your mum. There's always my mum. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I absolutely, this is this is helpful to somebody out there. If not today, if not tomorrow, one day. One day. You never know. And your story's out there. It's recorded. That's now. it. It's there forever now. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you for being on. We'll have you maybe on extra another time to share your nursing stories, can... unless your new show is going to be all about your nursing stories. Well, I, don't know. I don't think it will be, but I reckon um, I've got plenty more nursing stories. So, if, if you guys want to hear them, we'll do another extra one day. I think we might have to. We've got lots of downloads, so clearly people mm. liked your stories. And you've told me a couple since we've recorded that I, that I think we definitely have to record it at some stage anyway, sounds good thank you for being on and look forward listeners to a brand new show being announced sometime soon we'll let you know um, well this has been uh, what you've asked for extra I've been your curator C.M. Morrison this has been Daniela as always with her, her companion Dolce yeah. by her side thanks for listening we'll see you next time Bye. Oh, hang on. No, no. I can't finish there. I've <gasps> no. got to finish on a quote. That's right. All right. So, <laughs> so when you're answering those last questions at the end, I had just remembered that, oh, we we're going to finish these mm-hmm. episodes with a quote with the word extra in it. Yes. I don't know how long that's going to last because I'm pretty sure there's not that many quotes with <laughs> the word extra in it. Um, and we didn't do one last time because we were stoned. But the one I found I thought was quite fitting. It doesn't say who it's from, but it says, go the extra mile. It's never crowded. Oh, I like it. There you go. Okay, now we can go. Okay. All right, bye. is the what you ask for podcasts free form show where i discuss whatever i decide at the time think of it as our random show so join me your curator on a chubby odyssey most weekends thanks for listening this has been a what you ask for podcast part of the asked for universe thanks for listening